Welcome to My Park Story, presented by the National Park Service. People form connections with their favorite national parks and programs, and this park cast is a place to come together and share those stories. I'm your host, Dave Barak. Today's guest is Brad Saylor, who has traveled to the 63 national parks with his service dog, Ranger. With me today is Brad Saylor. Brad has been on a voyage for the last year or so, and he has visited all 63 national parks. And we're going to start with his park story to see why his is just a little bit unique. Hi, Brad. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing, Dave? Very good. It's nice to see you. So, Brad, let's start from the beginning. What's your park story? So I was in a situation last summer where uh, I had a pipe explode in my apartment and it flooded my apartment and destroyed most of my things. And I uh, realized that we had this opportunity, uh, me and my service animal ranger to um, hit the road with uh, nothing holding us back. So uh, we realized that I had the opportunity to spread this message of awareness for people who have disabilities and the accessibility in the national park system. And we uh, have been on the road for 11 months and have overcome a lot of different obstacles. And wow. we just made it to Yellowstone uh, and got the last stamp, got our last park. Ranger has a world record. He's the first dog to have ever gone to every national park. This is incredible. And I forgot to mention, Brad, you are at Yellowstone right now. This is where you've chosen to end this uh, journey. And that's exciting. Yellowstone, of course, was our first national park. And here you are with Ranger, great name, by the way, and completing your journey. You must have, because I know the geography of the national parks, you must have had to drive fly? Did you ever have to take a ferry? I mean, you have done all this different type of travel with Ranger. So what is that like taking your service animal via every type of transportation imaginable? Yeah. Um, you know, that, that was kind of a necessity and a requirement in order to pull this off. Um, there's a lot of parks, obviously, that you can't drive to. And just from a logistical standpoint, putting all those pieces together, uh, all these different modes of transportation just kind of fell into place. And uh, some fun stats for you. Uh, we yeah. did 34,000 miles in driving, uh, 40 states, two countries, two territories, both the northern and the southern hemisphere from the south of the equator to the Arctic Circle, uh, eight time zones, 28 flights, 73 plane tickets, 17 boats, seven vehicles, one which we totaled, oh, two no. medevacs, three hospitals, and one emergency vet surgery. <laughs> that's that's a lot. That's I mean, it's impressive. And I, I know that there are people that uh, will travel to all 63 of our national parks. And it's it's difficult to do, and it's quite an accomplishment. However, it's important for me to note at this point, as you know, but for our listeners, that there are actually 425 parks within the national park system. 
And when we're referring to these 63, we're talking about the ones that are specifically designated national parks. So where you are now, Yellowstone, Yosemite National Park, Glacier National Park. The rest of those sites and parks are actually designated things like National Monument, National Battlefield, National Seashore, and all the like. So you, Brad, have done these 63, but by my calculation, you've got like 300 something left to go. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like people keep asking what's next and um, it's on our list now. So that's Ranger great. and I aren't stopping here, that's for sure. Oh, that's great news. Well, what now you, I know you've only been to a couple of um, national park sites that are not capital N, capital P national parks. So what are some of those that you visited that are that are designated differently? Sure. Um, you know, actually, I think the only one that we went to that wasn't uh, a congressional national park was Mount Rushmore. Mm -hmm. um, we were out there for Badlands and Wind Caves, and we just happened to grab a cool, cool campsite right next to Mount Rushmore. So that was a really neat experience and one of those things that um, it's just a must. Yeah. And, and I suppose that I met you at the uh, at the National Mall as well. So that's correct. Yeah. Not every visitor to Washington knows that the National Mall is part of the national park system. So you and I had an opportunity to meet there. Uh, we got to meet up with a ranger. We saw the Lincoln Memorial, the Washington Monument. We got to see a couple of cool sites there. And those are all part of the national park system. And we love to get the word out that you don't always have to go and travel great distances as you've done to uh, to experience the National Park Service. But there, I do there's wanna... so many that they're, they're right in your backyard. Yeah. <laughs> Almost Thank all you. over the country. There's probably one right in your backyard. <laughs> true, true. But let's get back to your story. Let's talk about Ranger because as a National Park Service employee, I know what our our duty is to people that use service animals. And I know, having worked in parks, what our regulations are with service animals and, and how we accommodate that. But what was your experience with, with bringing ranger? Did you encounter any troubles? It sounds like you had a, a vet visit, which I'm so sorry to hear. I did not know that, that sure. ranger had gotten hurt or ill. So what were some of the challenges within the parks traveling with a service animal? Um, so when Ranger had his surgery, we were at Hot Springs National Park in Arkansas, mm -hmm. and he got an intestinal blockage, basically. So oh, no. they had to open him up and get it out. And we uh, we had to stay in Hot Springs for another, you know, eight days to give him some time to recover before getting back in the car. Mm -hmm. uh, those the rangers, the people at Hot Springs National Park, they knew all about it. They were so welcoming to him, especially when he walked in to finally get his stamp and <laughs> they were clapping for him. It was it was great. Um, so it wasn't Ranger's best day, but it was one of our best experiences as far as people being welcoming um, and knowing that he was a service animal and going going the extra mile for him. Well. That's really, really wonderful to hear. I, I'm, I, I love working for the National Park Service because we have so many visitors from so many different walks of life. And to know that um, our four-legged visitor, our service animal uh, ranger, was, was welcomed with open arms after his 
uh, his medical procedure. That's really nice to hear. Um, but let's talk about, I mean, what was your best day with Ranger? I mean, Hot Springs sounds like a highlight after the fact, uh, but what what else sticks out at you when you look at this trip? I mean, what's the what's the highlight of traveling with Ranger? Uh, you know, it, it, the highlight really is the people that you meet along the way. Um, you know, these national parks have been waypoints for us and it's been a dream of mine to visit all of them. Uh, but this adventure has been everywhere in between as well. And just getting to share that with Ranger as well and giving him the opportunity to be a dog that gets to live on the road and outdoors and just be yeah. a dog. It was really good. Um, as far as the parks go, it was really fun putting them on a float plane to get out to uh, <laughs> Katmai and Kobuk Valley. That was that was quite a special moment. He, Those he are in Alaska for any listeners who don't know, right? Mm -hmm. yep. Yep. That's incredible. Yeah. And I got to, when I met you, of course I met Ranger when you were here in Washington. So uh, it it's, it's a it's a pretty cool treat to have uh, someone like yourself who travels, but you've also been sharing the word. I mean, you've been posting about your travels with the service animal. What's that reaction been? Have you heard from other people that are that are doing similar uh, sort of having similar trips? What's been the reaction as you share out your time with Ranger on the road? Yeah, absolutely. So. Um... I'm part of a few groups on social media. A few of them have to do with the Bark Ranger program. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I love love talking to those people. I get asked a lot of questions because obviously the Bark Ranger program is specifically surrounded uh, around the concept of having dogs in the park and right and leaving a little footprint. Um, but not not every park has a Bark Ranger program and not every park. Uh, normally lets dogs in. So I get asked a lot of questions about, you know, which parks we can get our dogs to and mm -hmm. um, and how did you go about that? Um, and then I get a lot of feed messages from people with disabilities too, who weren't aware of the fact that um, you can get your dog and you can go visit these parks with a disability with your service animal. And mm -hmm. yeah, I'd like to note as well, uh, overall on this trip, we have been welcomed with open arms in every single park. All in all, the National Park Service, um, completely aware of him and just welcomed him right in. And that has been a very, very nice thing. That's great. That's great. Thanks for sharing that. I also want to take this opportunity and perhaps, um, you know, you'll jump in as well, but to to let our listeners know that when we talk about the Bark Ranger program, the, the parks that have a Bark Ranger program, these are for uh, parks that are welcoming to dogs as pets. So Brad, you of course are, are able to take Ranger, your service animal, anywhere that you go, but for the sake of dogs that are pets, you wanna call in advance, you wanna check the website for, for parks that are, are able to accommodate dogs because it may not, even if they accommodate dogs, it may not be the best environment for your dog. I worked at a park that had alligators. So, mm -hmm. you know, maybe you don't want to take your dog to the place where the alligators are if it's a pet and you are 
trying to maintain their safety. So it's it's a, a place where people need to do their research to know where pets are allowed, whereas service animals are allowed at all the parks uh, and anywhere that their owners need to go. Absolutely. And I, to add on to that, I would say that um, part of it is just common sense, you know, especially going into parks where uh, dogs are allowed. Um, we, we've always tried to keep our footprint in the parks very light in all of them, even ones that only service animals are in. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a reason that uh, these dogs aren't allowed into the parks, uh, some of these parks. And because of that, we take that into consideration and try and keep our footprint light. And even in parks that dogs are completely welcome in pets, um, it's important to just have that in the back of your mind that um, we're being respectful to our parks in general. And that's what the Bark Ranger program is about, is having a, a dog that leaves a light footprint in the parks. Yeah. So we, we don't push it, even though he's allowed to go anywhere that I am in a national mm -hmm. park. Part of it is just being respectful to the environment, to the park and not taking your your dog into bear country right <laughs> well getting yeah, any, them get too close to the alligators <laughs> any safety precaution you would take as a visitor uh you may also want to take with your uh animals be they service animals or pets uh, because you want to stay safe and of course you want them to stay safe as well and while we're on the topic you know i know not all of these apply for apply to you but you know, there are other ways in which national parks are accommodating to people with disabilities, people that uh, may need a tactile experience. Uh, of course, all of our signages in Braille, we offer audio description for our videos. You know, these are places where we make sure that we are giving as full an experience as possible to people that, that, that uh, have disabilities and that come to enjoy our parks. And we want to make sure that everyone feels welcome so the national park service is committed to these accommodations for everyone and you know you traveling with ranger is is great because you have been such an inspiration to people i i've seen you on facebook i've met you i've seen your videos so i know the work you're doing isn't just for your enjoyment as a person and a traveler and a visitor to national parks but but for for a lot of people that can experience them through your eyes. Sure. And, you know, I'm not just trying to, to advocate for service animals in this. Uh, I'm trying to advocate for every disability, uh, mm -hmm. whether you have a service animal or not. You know, if you're in a, if you're in a wheelchair, the, the park system has created these beautiful boardwalks and accessible trails that, you know, allow you to experience that as well. And as Dave mentioned, the Braille signs, I've seen the these tactile exhibits in the visitor centers where you can actually pick things up and feel them and touch them. And I, I think that they've done a great job with that. Um, but th this message is to pe all people with disabilities, not just people with service animals. And I just wanted to mention that. That's that's a good point, Brad. And thanks for thanks for broadening broadening that part of the conversation. That's that is the goal and that is what we strive to do to make sure that we are having everybody, everybody, everybody enjoy the national parks. Any closing thoughts, Brad, as we as we end our conversation here? Um, you know, uh, the 
the only thing I'd really like to say is uh, when I first got my disability, uh, it hit me later in life and I, I felt trapped. I felt mm -hmm. like uh, things that I had always wanted to do, that those possibilities had gone away and it really locked me into a box mentally. Um, and part of this message is that you, that is, that isn't the case. You can break free from your disability and all you have to do is put your foot out the door and go explore. And like we're talking about, these parks have made it possible for that to happen. But don't don't allow your disability to define your life. You need to take control over your own disability and live your life the way that you would like to do it. That is completely possible. Thank you, Brad. Thank you so much for your words of encouragement, for your story. Uh, thank you for visiting Washington. So I had a chance to meet you and Ranger in person. And I know you're going to be in Yellowstone for a few more days. Oh, I just plans? What's the plan? I just extended it for another five. I'm going to be here for about 12 days now. <laughs> <laughs> nice well, time to sit down and decompress from 11 months on the road. Good. You've earned it. You've earned a little bit of rest. Kick those feet up. Enjoy the sunset. Thanks for participating today. We're really grateful to have you. Please keep us posted on your continued adventures. And I'm just grateful for your time and for your stories. Thanks, Brad. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate you guys.